0: Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Luca's Tigers and Bronze.
1: Oh, my. (laughs) What is up, Luca Nation? Today, we have uh, Jordan Gilroy from Leland Auctions, head of acquisitions. And I'm I'm very much personally excited for today's episode because, one, I want to learn kind of how the auction house industry works, right? And also 2021 was fascinating for auctions I'll tell you guys right off the bat what I saw but then we'll get into it and see if you know if my thesis is correct so entering into 2021 most cards were on eBay in one shape or form even high ticket items were on eBay and then as the year progressed right we always had heritage we always had Lelands, these are kind of the legacy the reputable uh, auction houses But as 2021 progressed, we saw this fragmentation of auction houses, right? And now almost you go to eBay and we talked about this a few days ago with Cage, there's not a ton of high ticket cards, high ticket items. There's not a ton of memorabilia there anymore. And now people have kind of found their loyalty or loyalties to different auction houses where they buy uh, on a weekly or monthly basis. And today we have an expert, Jordan Gilroy from Leland's, to talk a little bit about what he's seen with the auction house space kind of what he might see going forward and also uh they're doing kind of this fun auction with uh collectible called the mint 25 amazing items in there and we'll start talking a little bit about that first off Jordan I want to welcome you to the show man how you doing today
2: good happy to be here
1: happy to be here awesome so talk to us before we get into like how auctions work and all that stuff How does someone, I mean, you're 28, 29 years old, how do you find yourself in this role? You know, were you always a sports fan, you admire? How did you find yourself here?
2: Well, I get very lucky. My dad collected historical autographs back in his childhood. And when I was in elementary school, you know, his friends also collected sports cards. And for Christmas and, you know, our birthdays, I would get a piece of a jersey card from, you know, someone in the NBA or MLB. And I just fell in love with it. I thought those people were gods. And the fact that I had a little swatch of their jersey, even if it was worth five bucks, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I had this. So then it snowballed and, you know, high school came, uh, ended up wanting to pay for you know college so I didn't have to bug my parents for money. And then, you know, in the next in the last couple of years, this stuff has really turned into real money. You know, cards that were $50 are now $2,000. Cards that were 1000 are now 50000 And people didn't care about selling a $1,000 card because it didn't do much for them. But now, you know, so many people are selling because there's just so much money involved. Um, but I love the history of sports. My dad really taught me about history, not just from sports, but in life. And, you know, that uh, got me to, like, memorabilia in the beginning because I'd hold – you know someone's bat, and you know just close my eyes and picture them holding it at the plate. Um, and then with Leland's, yeah, I came out of college uh, a couple months after. Uh, they were like the one auction house that was local to me on Long Island, so I reached out. Uh, luckily, the person in my position left maybe a couple months before I showed up, and it was just perfect timing.
1: Long Long Island, yeah. you guys are neighbors.
0: Everybody, everybody we bring on is basically lives down the block from me. It's
1: amazing. It's, I mean, I have the are greatest so many block collectors on, on Long Island and like one hobby shop. What's the deal with that? There's
0: a, a couple of hobby yeah. shops on Long Island, just not that many by me. But, uh, and, and only one in the city. Oh, know. But, I mean, listen, it's, you know, it is what it is. And now, now they're in New Jersey. So, Leland's, the auction house. So, I've been at Leland's many, many years ago. Leland's was where you went for vintage cards right so has that changed and if it has how has it changed with all of the focus now on on modern cards are you carving out a niche in 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 vintage do you still want to be known as the vintage house do you want to be the guys who are experts in vintage but you can still buy some modern here where are we now in leland's
2: a little bit of everything you know we don't want to get rid of our roots we still love vintage we still have the clients they're not as flashy as the modern guys, which we kind of like. You know, it's fun to do a you know a five hundred thousand dollar deal and tell nobody. Um, but you know, modern's cool. I love being involved in the action. You know, I'm 28, so I kind of I guess take care of the modern stuff. And the owner of Leland's is a little bit older, so he takes care of the vintage. And it's very important to give, you know, a wide range of stuff out right now, like memorabilia, tickets, cards, vintage, modern, everything. Because you know, we want everyone to come to us. We don't want to just give an opportunity to people like Modern Cards. We want to give an opportunity to everybody buying and selling.
1: Has ticket stubs always been um, – like I know people collected ticket stubs, but have they always – like Like I saw you guys had a Mickey Mantle debut, and that makes sense. That's a six-figure item. I mean that's a 50, 60, 70, shit, 70-year-old item at this point. But have ticket stubs always been as popular as they are? And if and where do you maybe see – do you think they're going to hold value long term?
2: Uh, they were not even a thought in my mind or in like the auction mind up until six months or a year ago, I guess. I mean they're cool you know. if you have a stub because it means you were at the game. Um, even though a full ticket is worth more when it was never there or used. But uh, it's crazy to see these prices now. I mean – you know there was a PSA authentic of that Mantle debut that went for twenty grand. And fast forward, uh, maybe six months, and we saw a PSA three for over a hundred thousand dollars. It's it's crazy. And then one went for one forty a couple of weeks later. It was just it's nuts. And then that Michael Jordan debut ticket, two hundred sixty four thousand. We have a PSA three uh, Walt Chamberlain hundred point game ticket up right now in our auction. That's going to be crazy.
1: So it's. But what's yes, cool awesome. about that is it's it's limited supply, right? There's only a certain number of them there, and the older they are, you imagine kind of the supply is even even in shorter print. Um, does it the grade matter like with cards, right? People really don't love authentic cards, right? But th- they prefer the grade almost. Um, does the grade matter on ticket stubs or authentic PSA three? Same same deal. Uh, Yeah, it does matter. People, well,
2: people now, since not many tickets have been graded, they're using the, you know, pop one highest graded for a PSA 3 because only two people decide to get them graded. So, you know, once people see these prices, who knows if more will start sending them to PSA and then there'll be 30 graded in the next six months. And then the highest will be a seven, there'll be a six, there'll be a five. And that pop one PSA 3 is now, you know, the third or fourth, Highest grade It's a little scary, but that's the thing. I mean, they're seventy, 70 80 years old. And they were little pieces of paper that no one really wanted, unless it was your birthday and you went to the game, or you knew it was Mickey Mantle's debut. Um, they threw them out, so they're just. It's amazing to think about ticket steps, right? Around. You know, I, I think about it all the time, it's especially ticket stuff
0: just because it seems a little or- inorganic to me. But I'm always amazed. Andrew, when, when somebody unearths a collection of cards, right? And it's like, wow, but yet it happens every year. It's like every auction house takes in a raw batch of cards found in a cigar box. Somebody passes away and it's in their attic. It was grandpa's collection. We didn't know about it. And it's, you know, maybe they're not in great condition. Sometimes they are. It's a stack of 54 tops, 55 tops. It's a stack of, you know, Mickey Mantles from 53, 52, like a nice run. It's tobacco cards. It's whatever it is, right? And you're sitting there and you're going, um, how in the hell can this just come fresh to market now? Like everyone's known Mickey Mantle cards are a viable commodity and worth money for decades now, of course, they're worth more now. But how could it? How could it be possible? And if that happens as often as it does, and we see it happen all the time, don't you think that's going to happen with the ticket stubs, right? It, especially when the price discovery that's going on now is so new, right? Most people, unless you're following this hobby, unless you follow Darren Revell and P Ryan and the ticket pump—I mean, not the, the guys who are fans of ticket stubs. Um, you don't know that ticket stubs are a viable asset class, right? It's noon.
1: The coffee's just kicking in. But
0: you understand what I'm saying, right? So I would imagine Jordan's right. Now, a Will Chamberlain 100-point game, right? People know that stub is there, right? That's going to – I don't think there's too many of those out there that you should worry about being graded higher. But, I mean, now we're seeing crazy prices for, like, uh, Messi's debut. Like, that's not 100 years old. Messi's still playing. You know, Michael Jordan's debut. I mean, people, Everybody knew who Michael Jordan was, right? The ticket stuff for the 100-point game. Everybody knew who Will Chamberlain was. He didn't know going in that that was going to be a 100-point game, you know? And, and for all you knew then, the next game, he was going to score 110. So you wouldn't even keep the thing. I mean, I'm sure it was great at the time. But but it's different, right? And the stuff now where it's like, oh, let me go, let me go to the game. Oh, Steph Curry. I should go get tickets for the Steph Curry against the Knicks. Let me make sure I spend time and get a hard ticket for it. Because it's going to be worth something one day. Come on. You know, so, so the, the ticket stubs, as historical pieces of, of you know, of, of history, of, of historical pieces of, like, memorabilia, I think they're cool. I definitely do. Some of them are rare as all get out. But, you know, the mantle stub, that was something that's been valuable for a little while. Right, you get something that's, you know, 70 years old, you get something like that where people have known it's got value. I wouldn't expect too many of those things to come out of the woodwork, but I would be a little careful on the more modern stuff. I'm sure that you're gonna once once people realize you can get thousands of dollars for some of these stubs, stubs are gonna find their way into the marketplace, I think.
2: So like let's talk yeah, about that then. Curry hitting the breaking the threes record. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, people were posting their pictures at the game. And people yep. knew to do it. So, yep. It's like, hey, I know, went, I made sure
0: I eBay. took the extra step and I got my tickets. I made sure, even though I went to, it's a digital ticket, I went and made sure I got my tickets. You know, I mean, you know, once it's that and people are doing it, it's a different story. It's like, you know, now you're doing it to have the ticket to sell. It's on eBay at the game, you know?
1: So, so, so let me tell you what comes to mind. Yeah, now. I want to hear, the- Jordan, what, what, what your thoughts are on this. So the, the LeBron James tops chrome rookie card. That's actually yeah. a preseason game of him missing the shot, right? Versus, no, it, it is. It I is. know, I know. You never like. There that. There's no humor. He misses a lot of shots, uh, especially yeah. shots. From- anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but his rookie debut, that has sig- historical significance. And then you add on the guys you mentioned, right? There's a bit of storytelling that comes with ticket stops, right? There's a bit of storytelling or marketing. And I'm curious, you deal with modern, right? You're the owner of Leland's deals with vintage. Traditionally, how I've seen vintage auction houses work is they put something up on auction. They tell people once about about it and that's it. You know, they're not really big in traditionally, and I could be wrong. there, There wasn't big promotion around your listings. In today's day and age, promotion is the name of the game, right? You need to get eyeballs. How do you right like we use this word pump? you know, when you say a word so many times, it loses its relevance. Everything is a pump, but what's the difference between pump and promotion? What's the difference between pump and getting people's eyeballs on it? So I'm curious, you're you're in the weeds on that, right? Can Pumping's okay as
0: long as it's not followed by a dump.
1: Well, that okay, so that's your take. I'm yeah. curious, you know, yours, right? Because you're trying to do right by the by the seller, but then there's also buyers, right? So I'm curious, can you help me? Maybe I didn't word the question right, but I think you under you guys out there listening get the gist of what I'm asking. Curious your thoughts on that, Jordan.
2: Yeah, I mean, promotion is is key now. I mean, we pay uh, you know, a PR department in New York City to help us out and um, get our, our word spread or get you know someone like Darren Novella to send a tweet about an item. Uh, it's funny. I mean, last year, not to toot my own horn, but I was on sports center for like five minutes talking about tom brady's first touchdown ball that was insane i did not think that was going to happen they put me on zoom they were just talking to me and they were like all right this is going to on sports center later tonight and i was like are you, are you kidding me you didn't even tell me that
1: i grew um, up watching but sports no center. like we
2: like to do instagram um Late, Twitter, meanwhile later, later that night social, social media life. you got most email blasts, with jordan gill uh our website <laughs> to put banners up there, the best item. So I think it's important to kind of, you know, not pump, but remind people that something important is still up for sale. And, you know, because something's an auction is like three or four weeks long. So if I could put the top card in a promo day one, they might forget about it by week two. So you just got to keep refreshing their minds. Um, and I don't, you know, we don't put the same cards up every single day because that would get annoying. We like to mix it up a little bit, but um, it is important to keep things fresh.
0: Did you hear me, Andrew? Am I delayed? Am I okay? Can you hear me?
1: You're good. You're good. Uh, it was a little bit delayed, but, but Jordan's back with us.
0: I like your pump, right? The pump. Let me, let me say this, right? So, so it's, it's not a good word. It has negative connotations. But let, let me say this for, for what we do for our hobby, for whether it's ticket stubs and you're a fan of ticket stubs or auction houses in general, right? You know they have a duty to get as much money as they can for the people who are consigning these cards, for the people who are selling their cards. They have to promote. They have to do this stuff. They also are trying to bring items to buyers that have not been seen, right? And you can call it pump, but I think really what it comes down to is storytelling, right? And we all do it, right? You do it in NFTs, you do it in cards, you do it wherever. I mean, I remember being at the National and somebody showed me a Kobe card that I had and he was like, yeah, I want this for it. And I said, "That's I have it. It's double what I paid a month ago. And he's like, yeah, but look at this. It's got Mike Baker's sticker on it. It's a gold label, Mike Baker. This is a pop one of one. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? There's 17 of these. No, no, this is a one of one, though, because this is the only one that has this sticker. I said, okay, I'll put a sticker on mine. Like, what are you talking about? Like, but it's all part of the storytelling, right? It's all part of the, you know, this is a rare one because it's the only one with an elephant ear and a rainbow unicorn head and whatever the heck it is, right? So, you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. I I think it's part of it's part of what, especially for an auction house what they are supposed to do when they when they analyze the the Mickey Mantle Bowman uh, PSA eight that they have, you know it's their job to talk about the centering of it and it compare it to other eights that are out there and say that this one is an eight that you want to have because the centering is better than thirty percent that are out there. Hell, PWCC came up with their own eye appeal grades, you know, which is all about the storytelling, right? So so I, I think. You know, it gets a little negative connotation, but it's all part of the it's all part of the process, right? As long as you're not saying something that's not true with the intention of just you know blowing up a price to you know to then dump it on the market. You know what I mean? Uh, I think you know what we're doing here is is storytelling about these cards and ticket stubs and and, and you name it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense
2: yeah, to it's me. to uh, you know differentiate. You know, let's say like you said, the PS8. Memento rookie. I mean, sometimes the PSA seven will go for more than the PSA eight because of the centering. You know, something could have just been graded harshly at the time, or something that was graded 20 years ago was a bit generous. So yeah, it is very important to describe that. And you know, you see people say you have a PSA nine Jordan rookie, and you bought for five grand, and there was a record time sale. You know, someone will post to their Instagram story, "Oh, record sale." And obviously, they're doing that because they have the card. But I think it's a little obvious, a bit obvious when people with power kind of promote the sales a bit more um, because people know that they have much stuff. But, uh, yeah, to each their own. I mean, I love seeing record sales. It's fun. It keeps the juices flowing and gets people interested. So I'm all for it.
1: What's the process of working with Leland's? Let's say I have a card, you know, Mantle 8. I just picked it up, you know, three years ago. I want to sell it and I'm kind of shopping around, you know, what advice would you have for a seller with that card? Shop it to every auction house and, you know, negotiate buyer's premium. How would I go about making that decision? If you could walk me through that.
2: Uh, I would say to decide what's most important to you. Is it communication? Is it commission percentage? Is it placement in an auction? Is it being the headliner of an auction that's smaller instead of being the 30th item in a massive auction? So, just what's important to you? Um, Because, like, you know, if someone gives us a quarter million dollar item, we could put it on the cover of the catalog. We can make it the first 10 lots of the auction. Maybe somewhere else, you know, a couple other places might not you know, value it like that because they have a lot of similar stuff like that. So what could be lot two with us would be lot 50 somewhere else. So it's just, you know, depends what they're going for. Is it, you know, the process and the communication or is it, you know, I don't want to say just about the money because that's what people sell stuff for to make the most money, but it's just what makes them most comfortable.
1: Can you rank those for me? So like to me, I, I don't know. I've never really sold a high ticket item. So I want to be on the front page, I think. And I want the least yeah. amount of buyers premium too. Is that, is that, am I thinking about it the right way?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, people come to sell because they want to make the money. So if I were consigning something to an auction, the way I'd rank it is I'd put commission one, two would be a tie between communication and placement in an auction and then uh, after that, I would just kind of see who values my item the most, who has the most passion about it instead of you know treating it as a number because you want someone to have passion and write it up properly instead of just you know inventorying it, putting it on the shelf and just letting it go. So us at Leland's, I'm not saying nobody else does it, but I'm saying we've been around for almost 40 years and we write full-length descriptions for the best stuff. Even if something's $500, we still like to write a, a healthy description because, you know, sometimes we need to teach someone, what, you know, why it's worth that much money. So it's just, um yeah, there are many factors that go into it.
1: What's your grail card, Jordan? Like you 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 get to see every card, every memorabilia. Like, I mean, if you guys just go to Leland's, you'll you'll, you'll be able to see like the, the stuff they have is pretty cool. And we'll get into... Uh, your collectible, the Mint 25, and and talk a little bit about that. But like, what's your grail? You know, what's a card that you've seen come through your ecosystem? You're like, I want this. Or it could be a piece of memorabilia, too.
2: Uh, I would say, obviously, a Wagner card. You know, the most affordable one is probably coming out soon. So maybe I'll ask some of my friends to uh, split it with me if it doesn't reach a billion dollars. But otherwise, I would love a game-used Bruce bat. That is what I really think is going to pop off. C- cards are crazy now, but memorabilia is still a little hidden. So a Ruth bat, you can get a solid PSA 8 one for about one hundred twenty five, $150,000. But then, you know, once we, the younger generation get older, uh, I think prices will go up a lot. I mean, a Babe Ruth bat should be a quarter million dollars if, you know, a Luca card that's shiny is worth a million dollars.
1: You're on mute, my, my it's, brother. It's
2: funny about memorabilia that way, right?
0: Because, um, you know, you got to think it's catching – it's going to catch on, right? Because, you know, I think it's starting to be graded and, and you know, you'll get the game used stuff. Um, you know, Babe Ruth bat. I'm pretty sure Leland set a record for a game news bat of Ruth back in 2016, and it was only $70,000. And yet, if you think about that, it's only one twenty, 120, one twenty five now for a similar bat, right? That was a used in the 30-31 season. Um think of the run-up cards have had from then, right? Think of how much a LeBron exquisite was in 2015 or 2016, yeah. right? Five years ago. And the, the bat while it's run, I and mean, obviously if you invested five years ago, $70,000, and you have 120, 130, it's doubled your money. That's better than most places are going to give you. It's definitely better than the bank. But if you're in this, in this industry, you would expect that type of a thing to, uh, you know, to appreciate a little bit more, I would think. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's very, very interesting. Um what Wagner's coming out. It's one of those like authentic, like really like half a card one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My it's dog lost. ate my homework. It's half the image. Yeah. Well it's interesting because like one. I guess you could restore it. I don't know how you'd get the other half. I don't know if you know some place would make it up and just combine the two. But yeah, you know, so there's, a, there's feel, authentic so ones on eBay every day.
0: People are selling authentic ones on eBay every day, if you believe them. You know, there's a whole there's there's Wagon for $3. sale every day. Three bucks, four bucks, no problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's got a copyright of like, you know, 1998 on the back of it. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, listen, so so Leland's kind of, you know, the modern, I don't know if it was you, I have no idea. But modern was put back on the map with, with Leland's after uh, Brady won the Super Bowl in 2021 because – it was back to back. It was like April and then August or whatever. You guys just hit it with those Brady cards, right? You you set the record with Brady for like two point two five and then hit another one for three point one. Talk about that a little bit because that was kind of cool, especially. In, how did that hit with Leland's with like with like the ownership and you name it? Because here you are, a place that's just vintage you know, selling Babe Ruth bats and vintage stuff. And then all of a sudden the headlines are crazy because you're selling this, you know, that basically it's two Brady cards in a couple of months for $5 million. It's insanity, right? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So it was funny, the consignor, uh, I actually drove to the Northeast in like, you know, the New Hampshire area and he was working a shift at Best Buy. So I met him in the appliance section. He had the card, it was raw and he was like, yeah, Paid two thousand dollars for this almost twenty years ago. I was like, that's that's amazing. It's gonna go for five hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. And then we almost sold it privately for a million dollars before the auction opened, and thank God we didn't, because it just kept on gaining momentum and gaining momentum. And oh my gosh, yeah. After that one, we got the three million dollar one, which was crazy. And then that led to us get hold the up. Brady Hold first up, hold up,
1: hold up, hold up, hold up. This guy is working at Best Buy. Might
0: not be anymore.
1: He bought it. I mean, 2000 bucks is not – I mean, that, that's still a lot of money. Like, this is why it's
0: good is- to live in New England. Why collect and buy Brady cards. Yeah. Lucky.
2: Instead What's of buying story? Chad Pennington.
0: Like, is yeah, that big Pats fan.
2: <laughs> He's a huge Pats fan. Yeah, and he just believed in him. And, yeah, he just put in the, the investment, waited – And I was like, why didn't you sell this anytime sooner? You know, you could have had hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he just was saying he's waiting for the right time. Because Brady kept winning. He didn't really have a cold streak. So people kind of knew he was, you know, not towards the end of his career. But he was like, you know, this is perfect timing. He's killing it right now. He's on a new team. People thought he was going to be washed up. But he's, you know, a Super Bowl contender. And he took a shot. He was like, you know, if Brady wins, great. If he doesn't, it's still going to be a great card. And then he won, and it's it blew up.
1: So, so when you called him with those results, was he like watching it, or did you call him and be like, "Dude, we just got two point two five million dollars." Like, did he freak out? Oh.
2: Yeah, I was texting him the entire day of the auction. We were looking at every bid. Every time we got a bid, I'd text him a screenshot, and I'd be like, "This is insane." He followed us on, uh, on Instagram, so he saw my post pumping it up, and yeah, he was he Dude, was happy to say the someone, least. Yeah,
1: Netflix. I know you listen to the show because who doesn't listen to the show at this point? Make this is the this is the content you need. This is the this is the American dream. Like this is the story, man. Oh man, this yeah. is cool. That's cool. Who would you two have grand, playing? Who, who would be the, the Hollywood actor playing this guy?
2: Oh man, uh, maybe Mark Wahlberg. Marky, Malbert, Marky. He's a big Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Yeah,
1: I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be playing Ben Affleck? You?
2: Maybe Matt Damon guys. They'd love to do
1: that. Hopefully, who who would play you? Would you play your yourself in that movie?
2: Um, maybe Ben Affleck because he's tall, <laughs> and he's a Pats fan, so he'd probably want to be involved.
1: That's incredible, but I think, uh, dude. Netflix, good for that so, guy.
2: I'll do it. How do you like them apples? That's a great story,
0: man. I mean, that really is. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean. And it goes with what I was saying, that you never know what the hell's out there. Here, this guy has an ungraded Brady card that's
1: worth millions yeah. of
0: dollars. And he's just kind of sitting on it, going to his job at Best Buy every day.
1: And then Jordan goes to meet him at Best Buy. Yeah, like, awesome. I'm just going to bring my card to Best Buy. Like, Just meet me on my, on my lunch shift. Let's, let's take a look at this. Let's see what you got. And it turns out to be a $2.25 million. Dollar. That's, that's, amazing. Um, that's amazing. That's let's, amazing. Let's, you want to talk a little bit about um, – Mint 25. So, w- what is Mint 25? Explain that partnership to us, please.
2: So, we're partnering up with Collectible, and uh, originally we were supposed to have a live auction in Vegas, but you know, COVID shut that down. But we're still having the auction on our website that closed January 29th. It is uh, the most exclusive auction of the year, it's only 25 lots. Uh, going into it, we were shooting for an average of about a quarter million dollars per piece, uh, which we hit. You know, some items might be a little less, but then there will be items that are worth a million dollars or more. Um, yeah, we have a little bit of vintage, memorabilia, modern. We have Michael Jordan, Game War Photo Match jersey, uh, Babe Ruth's first H&B contract he signed six times in 1918. We have the shoes Michael Jordan wore when he broke his ankle against the Warriors uh, in the beginning of his uh, sophomore season. We have... J-1's. A perfect PSA 10 Michael Jordan rookie. We have probably the nicest centered Bill Russell rookie out there. You know that's my bias opinion, but it's perfect. Um, we have a limited logos. Yeah, this is. If you go to the second image, you'll see a, a much better, you know, centered picture.
1: Um, I mean, that is the per- best centered. That, that that's perfect centering. Yeah, if
2: it wasn't for that top left corner, there a little. Soft, it would be eight and a half or nine at least. And then, uh, yeah, we have a limited logos, Michael Jordan, jersey number auto patch, 23 of 50. There are only six in the world, uh, not from the same year, but from all year combined. It uh, has a beautiful patch, perfect autograph, great grade, stunning card that probably would never have hit the auction if you know a unique scenario like this didn't come into play. Yeah, it's a beautiful patch. You get a little bit of the black on the top left and the bottom right.
1: I think it's part of the U
2: bulls. That's what I'm thinking it is. But I think it could be also, you know, part of the B. Um, But no, it's it's beautiful game patch auto. Uh, The world record for that card was just, you know, I think the PSA ten went for like eighty or ninety grand in October, and now a PSA nine went for like one hundred and fifteen grand. So, this is a, a jersey number, which is significantly insane. more important. So, it's, it's going to be fun to see where that one ends up at.
1: Well, Jordan, um, this is jersey number 23, which is – I mean, that's – I think that is one of the coolest things. And then I know that you're saying this is part of the U, but it kind of looks like a J. It could be, but you see the top left corner there of the patch. There's like a little bit
2: of – a I little bit of right the, like a black spot on the other side too. Um, so – I mean, it's part of the A, a U, a B. It's it's awesome either way. And then that uh, gold prism, LeBron is stunning to hold it in person. I mean, I have it right in front of me here. Maybe I'll you can see it glisten in the camera right. a little bit. I oh, know it's a little.
1: No, little, no, that's Cage's uh, that's Cage's forehead's reflection with all the gel. Beautiful. That's a ten. Right? Yeah, didn't only a nine just sell for a
0: ridiculous amount of money? A nine just sold for a crazy amount of
1: money, right? So I can only imagine
0: the ten. And, and they fight, the you know,
1: 20. His 21st year is his best year. So, I mean, the, every single year, Prism aft gets better. It's a What's cool card. Is the fact that cool image.
2: Between That's Beck and PSA on the pop reports, like all 10 are accounted for unless someone cracked them out. And it's the only 10. So. I don't know if someone might try to crack out a Becca nine and a half one one day, but right now it stands as the only PSA 10 in the world. And it was hitting a cape break. The guy won it for like a couple hundred bucks.
0: It's insane. Another you, great you story. Another great yeah. story. Look at
1: this. What, can we talk cards? about one more thing? The UFC Elite Experience at the Mega Fight in 2022, two people. That's a unique one, right? Like you have cards, you have memorabilia, then you have an experience. How did that come up?
2: Well, at the Mint Collective, part of that show is going to be held at the uh, UFC Apex Arena. So that was, you know, the plan was to incorporate all that. And I know Dana White was speaking. So, you know, obviously it might be a little different now that the show is not being held in Vegas. But it's still an opportunity that you know, the public can't get, so it's, you know, hopefully I think at the end people are just waiting to see how the bidding goes because, you know, there is a, you know, high estimate on it, but it's worth every penny. I mean, you go to that UFC <laughs> arena, you're sitting next to, uh, I mean, you can sit next to Jake Paul or Logan Paul and chop it up with them or any number of celebrities. So uh, it's, uh it's going to be. Hezbollah. That's who I want to Hezbollah, the little dude. That's who I want to hang out with. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe we should uh, <laughs> offer uh, an auction to, to fight Jake Paul. For
0: Andrew will do that.
2: I'm bidding. I'm bidding on
0: that. Andrew would do that. I'm <laughs> betting
1: on Andrew. You kick his ass. Kick his ass, Seabass. I'd, I'd leave it all out there. He's been training, <laughs> man. He's a good fighter. People don't give him enough credit, in my opinion. All right, Jordan, what, what else, man? What I, I want to ask you Am I onto something with this? Like, dec- I don't want to use the word decentralization. All of these auction houses that, you know, now they have like their core following, right? This move from eBay to individual auction houses to vaulting. Like I think 2021 was called The Vault Wars.
0: That's Um, what I call it. I don't know if anybody else don't use that, but that was my name.
1: And everyone... (laughs) I mean, Kate Cage. I got to give you credit, mate. You're unique in the sense that you're you invest in NFTs and Pokemon and sports cards. You you'll bid on on Heritage, but you'll bid on uh, Golden and PWCC. But most people, <clears throat> they have their allegiances to to like their their Grand yeah, loyalty. Grand loyalty. Do you think that continues? What do you think is the future of auction houses? Is there collaboration? Is it competition? Is it a little bit of both?
2: Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, think of how much has happened in the last year. I mean, you know, PWCC was the vault and now, you know, Golden's doing it and that was put together very quickly. Um, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of that operation, but you know, that it's not easy to put that together and store all those cards that are worth so much money and insure it all and have the trucks go there. It's, it's a huge operation, but you know, they're making us know that it's possible you know, if we rewind two years before, um, you know, they got all the money and they were acquired by PSA. I mean, you know, we were at similar levels of auction, you know, status. But now, you know, they they took off, and but they did make it possible because who would have thought that a company would sell that much stuff in one year? Um, but now they're making it known that you know, hey, there's real money in this. Maybe one day down the road. Uh, auction houses can connect and team up like we're doing with collectible they're not an auction house but they are in the space obviously and everyone knows them so it'll be fun to see what happens in the near future but i don't know there's huge money coming in and you know the fanatics and the tops acquisit all that stuff it just who knows one person come in come in and buy every auction house for 200 million dollars i mean who knows
0: so I have a, a thought on it, Andrew. I like your question, right? Because it, you know we are in a decentralization, right? It used to be eBay, and it goes out everywhere else, and now Alt has a vault, and it's nobody's fault. But we're doing all kinds of fun stuff, right? I mean, we're we What I would say is, um, each of these auction houses, they have the ability to really carve out their own niche, right? So if I were somebody who who had a card to sell, right. And let's just say it wasn't the greatest card of all time, right? But it's a, I don't know, $100,000 card, right? I might not want to go and put it in the auction house where everybody's putting their cards and have it fall to 80 or hundredth on the list, you know? Maybe it doesn't make, you know, the, the top billing of the premier status, whatever it is. But what Jordan's telling you is that at Leland's, look at what they did for the guy who had his Brady, Right, and look at what they're doing. It's gonna be item number one, two, three, or top five. And they're still going out and, and having a PR firm do press for them and think think about it. So I have um, law firms that work for me and I like smaller firms that I'm their biggest client rather than bigger firms that have a lot of clients and I'm just one of many. And the reason I like that is because I um I like to be able to pick up the phone anytime and know they're going to answer for me because I'm the biggest client they have and they don't want to lose me, right? So if I were just a, a, a client on a list of a bunch that were as big as me, eh, you know, maybe they don't even pick the phone up. You know, maybe I'm just one of a number and you can be lost. And that would be the lesson that I would take for somebody like Leland's. You can also work on... Buyer's premium. You can also work on better deals, additional portions of the hammer price for certain cards. If you, you know, if you want to take care of people, there's a lot that you can do to kind of build up that brand loyalty from a consigner side, from a seller side. As long as you're bringing the eyeballs, right? As long as you're bringing people to the table to bid, because ultimately, what it comes down to is what's the hammer, what's coming in, what are you selling it for, right? And some of that is you don't want your item getting lost, but some of it is you want to make sure that that you know. Number eighty in one auction might be better than number two in another, and it's Leland's and other folks' you know job to make sure that you know, if I'm number two, you guys better be fighting to get me every dollar I can on that card, right? I mean, not
1: first or last. Well, Cage, now you're the in-demand lawyer <clears throat> for the sports card space. Now people, that's what I hear. Now they're that's fighting over you, which is that's what I hear. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. What Jordan? What's what will be your ask? You know, people. We, we we're hitting record numbers on our show thank you everyone who listens who supports us we, we we love our community uh and we actually just hit our record listens uh this last like two week period so thank you guys for tuning in for sharing we, we love you guys what's your ask of them you know what should they do share create an account on leland's follow you on instagram what's your ask of our community
2: yeah, I would say follow on Instagram because I, you know, I get modern cards. I love to post them, tell them that they are coming to auction, give them a little heads up. Um, you don't necessarily have to sign up to follow ones on our website, but we should be on our website once a week, see what's going on. Because we're having a ton of auctions this, uh, you know, this winter. We have one that closes the 29th. We have one that opens the next day. Closes in two weeks, and then today, Super Bowl Sunday, big huge catalog, of the winter opens. So we're doing a lot more now than we usually have. So I would say uh, sign up for emails. You can uh, email us at contact at leland's to get on the list. Also, we can send you some catalogs if you want to see uh, what we've done in the past. Follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and just you know keep um keep the action going. You know, ask questions if you have something you don't know if it's real or not. Just shoot me a DM and I'll do my best or I'll show it to someone who might know. If you have a card and you kind of want to know what it's worth, um, either me or someone else at Leons will be able to help you. And, you know, it's so much fun when someone's like, oh, I thought it was worth 20 grand. I'm like, no, oh, it's floor of $50,000. And that's when they say, okay, well, now I might actually want to sell it. What can you do for me? And that's when the pitch uh, we're generous right now. You know, we know there's a lot of competition. We understand that we have to build our modern department more than this. That. So that gives me the room to have more flexibility on things like location in an auction. Don't your Wi-Fi. So, well,
1: you someone's know, making know, for a year it's when it's we blow up,
2: <laughs> we're and have to become young commissioners. You know.
1: You cut out for a little bit, Jordan. But it happens to us, commission all the time.
2: In now before we come in the future.
0: It's probably my fault. It's probably a microwave being used in my house or something like that. You know, it's, it's just what it does it every time. Dude,
1: you're, you're crystal clear.
0: Like I, I, I'm,
1: your hair I'm trying looks to be nice. phenomenal, despite all of the insults I got on my hair yesterday. Because <laughs> it was just a little bit folded back. I want to hear the insults. Read some. That would be great. I want to you read some. You said it. Turn around, and you're like, "Ha ha ha!" ha no, I just... <laughs> cut your hair, <laughs> idiot. You probably got yep. your hair cut at the mall. <laughs> uh, no,
0: I didn't say that. You said you actually did get a cut at the mall, dude. Which is yeah, fine. No cuts are
1: good. That's self talk. You know? Um, so guys, follow <laughs> Leland. <laughs> really, dude. Check out their site. Uh, shame, they have some shame. awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, for the Mint 25, uh, auction. Modern experiences, check it out. I'm honestly, I'm gonna make a million dollars in like the next few weeks, and I'm gonna buy the Jordan. All of it. You're gonna buy all of them. All. I'm just of gonna them. buy You're out just buy uh, all. Any final do words, it. man? Do any it. uh, you know, l- let me ask you. L- let's say you know, you got a chance to speak. Mean Collective was you know today. What do you think? What's going to pop off in the hobby in 2022? If you, you, know, you might be seeing like, hey, this is something to look at. This is something to look at. And what do you think is going to happen like macro in the hobby 2022? Any, indes- any like, kind of space that's going to pop off and then macro hobby thesis? I'm a
2: big supporter of memorabilia, huge supporter. Um, and the thing is, you, know, you see 2,000 cards, 3,000 cards, one auction, and that runs once a week. You know, Millions of cards sell on eBay. But you will see maybe a dozen monumental game use items combined throughout an entire year through every single auction house. So the thing is people aren't selling them now. But once these prices come out, people will start selling and monumentals will go for crazy numbers and then we'll drive up that market. So I would say buy the best of the best for Photo match, game used. get a Ruth bat. get a LeBron photo match jersey, a Jordan jersey. If you could afford this stuff, it's not very easy. Um, or, you know, kind of split it with your friends and take some kind of chance because the floor right now for that stuff is really low. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if a Ruth bat ended up being half a million bucks. I mean, PSA just came out with a PSA, uh, the pop report for game used bats, and it's opening people's eyes to how limited – quantity is out there for these these sluggers and you know some people might have one psa 10 and people didn't know that six months ago so i think memorabilia is the uh the next big thing
1: and, and if you're like me and you can't afford it i mean that's what makes fractional and collectible such an awesome platform right uh it's hard to price out comps of memorabilia so it's really difficult to know is this worth it is it not has it run up has it not but if you kind of long term dollar cost average into memorabilia, I got to think in a 10, 20 year span, if you buy a game used Jordan jersey, uh, LeBron's rookie year sneakers, I got to imagine if you that there's some alpha there. There's some opportunity there over a really long period of time, not necessarily maybe if you need the money out, like you said, in the in the next year, because what happens with memorabilia, like you just said, Jordan, is. When people see the sticker prices, they start to bring their stuff to the market. And there is a short-term supply run, which does drop prices short-term. But long-term, it's the historical significance of these things is, is insane. So I appreciate you joining me. We're running right up into, up in that hour mark. So I'll let you go. We're, we'll see each other in Vegas. It'll be fun. Uh, oh, yeah. I appreciate you joining the show. And we wish you uh, all, all the success, man.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, Do us a favor and like, subscribe. Eh, You know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today and we'll see you next time.
2: Thank you.